It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It's Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And it is time for episode 284 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how the hell are you this evening, my friend? Um, I'm doing great. It feels like um, it feels like a reunion of sorts in the sense that it is just so great to see you again. Good to see you as well. I mean, I just saw you uh, earlier today, but as always, good to see you one more time. I can never get enough of you. You know that. Can't get enough. Can't stop. Won't stop. Brian, um, I want to thank you. Normally, uh, I you know some of your moves I would consider uh, ill-advised, uh, poor choices. But your decision uh, to re-release the "Make the Ron and Brian" uh, podcast great again trucker cap um, has been fantastic. Um, this has started a groundswell of support for me taking over the title belt once again. Uh, I have received. Uh, since this has gone on sale at the web store, I've received over 50 of these in the mail. Our listeners purchasing the cap, sending it to me uh, with notes attached, primarily saying you need to make the podcast great again. You need to strip that title from Brian's shoulder uh, come February. So uh, I'm I'm excited that the the people are responding so well. So many people are excited about uh, our debate on that first Sunday in February. And yeah, polish up that title, polish it up real good, Brian, because you will be uh, you will be shipping it back to Elkins Park, PA, sooner than you realize. I know you're you're Woo! you're barely able to hold you're barely able to hold it up. I can hear your joints creaking i can hear your ligaments tearing as you try and hold up these six pounds of gold you managed to snap it kudos to you but just i'm just telling you my friend time is short time is very short um and when you say time is short um are you looking at the next thousand years of humanity or are you trying to imply and we know that it's not going to happen. Are you trying to imply that you, out of some stroke of luck, will reclaim this championship? You will set the show back to the dark ages. You will, um, you you will slaughter the the sense of life, the sense of um, freedom that this show has become synonymous with. Most importantly, Ron, February fourth. That is the day where this conversation should take place. I understand you want to throw in some little jabs and barbs because you think you're being witty. But February 4th, when we have our podcast championship debate, when we truly will step forward with our best foot, we will put all of our cards on the table and let the public, let the people know who is their best champion. Listen, I'm just uh I'm just impressed that you feel humanity will be around for another thousand years. I really feel we're we're in the end times here and we just need to realize no, that. we're not we're not in All the right. end times. Not let's, so ever. Let's, Listen, the real yeah. question is this, Ron. Do you which do you think will happen first? The end of humanity or your backyard um being completed? It's it's a it's a coin toss right at this moment. I am hopeful for the backyard. But I feel okay. uh, I would not make that wager at this moment. All right. Okay. But here's one thing we can bet on, Brian. It's time for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Tranche. Drink of the Week. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, 
All right. Yes, William Esquire, you are 100% correct in seeing that we are live on Instagram today. Um, thanks to the good folks at StreamYard and listening to us saying that we need to be live on as many platforms as possible. A few weeks back, we were able to get connectivity to Twitter. Tonight, we are streaming live for the first time on our Instagram page as well. So many ways to watch us. So few reasons not to. So, Ron, what you're saying is that when you were champion, we could only be found on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. But under my leadership, under my championship, Matt has been able to go out. Um, Matt Beaker, pro producer extraordinaire, he has been able to go out there and get us onto Twitter, onto X, if you would. He's gotten us on Instagram under my tutelage. Um, I believe the podcast is already bearing the fruits of my championship. Save it for February 4th, Brian. In the meantime, okay. what are you drinking tonight? This week, we go to a tried but true. This is a beer I always look forward to drinking when it is that time of year. I'm drinking a Samuel Adams Winter oh. Lager. One of my favorite Sam Adams. Always look at the look at mm. this beautiful color. Oh, Am I am I drinking it out of a Ron and Brian pint glass? Is that what I'm drinking out of? I think so. Oh, it's going to be great. You know what? It's also great, Ron. Sam Adams Winter Lager. It's a full-bodied, festive craft beer brewed with cinnamon, orange peel, and ginger. Coming in at a 5.8 ABV with a deep brown color. This beer has a warm aroma of cinnamon and ginger. With a roasty sweetness from the malted barley and a hint of citrus from the orange peel. It's got a malty finish with a deep flavor. And right now on Beer Advocate, it's got a score of 81. But more importantly, it's going to be in my mouth. I'm a big fan of Sam Adams Winter Lager. Always good when it, uh, oh. when it arrives for the season. Just a, 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 as much of a crushable winter beer as you can have, I would say. Yeah. Oh, is that delicious? Mmm. Mm -mm. I am going to say this, and, and I just want people to know. There's a second one in this fridge right here. Nice. And um, it's chilling, and I will be drinking it later. Like um, beer? First, let me finish this. But before we do that, Ron. Yes. Yes. What are you drinking? Brian, as you said, it's wintertime. And when it's cold outside, what's better to imbibe in than some hot cocoa, Brian? Even better southern tier blackwater series nitro hot cocoa this is their imperial milk stout with it's an ale with cocoa powder and natural chocolate and marshmallow flavors added black the color creamy heavy the body low moderate the bitterness the volume 9.6 fluid ounces but Ooh. more importantly the alcohol content 10 percent um it again you can drink it from the can you can drink it in a glass you gotta let the nitro air out a little bit i think um and again oh look i am also drinking from a ron and brian podcast drink of the week glass but look at that body look at uh, that head let me take mm -hmm. a sip the, that that is a dark beer mm -hmm. you get this oh you get the sweetness you get the marshmallow. It's it's very it's a, it tickles the tongue, Brian. It's a, it's just mm -hmm. a delight. You get the sweetness. You get the the creaminess from the nitro gas. Um, you get the you get everything, Brian. You get everything you can want, and then some. So I give this high rankings. I will not be having a second one of these because I do need to work in the morning. But ten percent uh, Southern tier, highly recommend uh, for anyone out there. Very good. Look at that. You and I on our episode 284 enjoying our drinks of the week. There you go. Nice. In the meantime, it's time for Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian. What's bothered you this week? Ooh. I'm going to peel back the curtain on this one. I'm going to get personal. A lot of people say I don't get personal enough on this podcast, and maybe that's true. Um, I had my heart broken earlier this week 
by someone who I have given that power to. Most people say that I um, I lack emotion. I'm robot like. I just you know, um, is that there's just it's a lot that's been said about me. Most of it's true. Um, but earlier this week on Thursday night, was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday. I um, I had my company Christmas party, so I went into the city um, after work, uh, had a Christmas party. Was there for a couple hours, behaved. Um, probably had about four or five beers at most over the course of about maybe three hours. Um, wasn't uh, embarrassing myself in any way. Real quick, it was specifically a Christmas party. It was not a holiday party. Touche, sir. You know what? Teachable moment. Teachable moment, Ron. Sorry, sorry. I feel like I, I'll, no. I'll, well, I'll let you get back to your story. I, no, 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 no. You, you know, I know you always, you know, you step over me when I'm trying to t- make a, give a speech. So I'll let you have the floor, Ron. No, no, I'm giving it back to you. I say I, I feel bad because I interrupted your story when I could have pointed it out later after the story. So I will, I will let you go. I came, I so I, I, I come home, put the key in the door, walk in. Uh, my love is uh, on the couch watching TV. I, I walk over to give her a kiss. Uh, she picks up the remote. Uh, Mrs. Brian, it's pause on the Apple TV remote. And when you hit pause on Apple TV, it puts up on the screen the name of the TV show that's being watched. And I saw that my uh, that that Mrs. Bryan was on um, episode nine of uh, the latest season of The Crown, a show that we had watched together during the first half um, prior to my uh, uh, trip to London a little bit over a year ago. We went back, we rewatched the last season together. Then they came out with the final season, part one, four episodes in November. And, and, and just in true loving fashion, we sat together on my iPad while we were going through these home renovations, and we watched four episodes of The Crown that had been released, part one. They were saving six more um, to close out that were going to come out in December. Well, apparently, came out this week. Unbeknownst to me, Mrs. Brian goes ahead and watches four and a half episodes of part two of the last season of the crown without me there is um there's betrayal there is absolute betrayal and um what took place this week has 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 left me brokenhearted um just questioning questioning you know some of the uh some of the the decisions i've made the promises that i've kept and um and and that's my beef of the week ron the betrayal. Um, so betrayal was exactly the word that was coming to mind for me. Um, question for you, just to kind of put this into context. Let's say you had come home from this holiday party and found uh, your lady in bed with another man or another woman, either way. Um, would that have been a bigger betrayal than what you came home to? Oh, no, not at all. Um, okay. That's what I'm, uh, and I'm if with I you came home. That. Listen, if I came home and I found her in bed with somebody else, regardless of gender, I mean, I'm a little offended, Ron. Um, so dramatic. Really? Okay. Um, I'm going to say this. If I came home and I found her in bed with another human being, because there are more than two genders, Ron, um, I would have, you know, sat down in my cuck chair, that, you know, as is right uh, at the edge of the bed. Um, sure. I would have poured myself a drink and I would have uh, uh, watched her, um, you know, uh, in, uh, you know, in, in the vari- in the variety of positions I can't get into because my knees hurt. Um, that's what I would have done. Um, coming home to see that she was already up to episode nine. Uh, just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. No, and, I, and I'm with you. I mean, sometimes it's tough to take a side with some of your beefs. This time I'm 100 uh, percent team Brian on this one. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Ron. Welcome. Yes. What's bothering you? What's bothering me this week, Brian, is when um, influencers, uh, social media, uh, you know, movies, TVs, podcasts, whatever, when they use their, their fame to kind of fleece 
um, their followers, uh, cash, money, uh, selling them things. You know, so uh, in this instance, um, I was uh, I was reached out to uh, this week uh, by one of our listeners. We'll, we'll keep her as anonymous uh, as possible. Uh, Holly S. from Wappingers Falls, New York, reached out to me and said, um, I have a complaint about your broadcast uh, partner, Brian. Um, he sold me um, one of those uh, custom Ron T-shirts uh, that he used to wear on the podcast. He called it a quote-unquote podcast-worn uh, version. He sold it for $250 to this woman, who, working paycheck to paycheck. Um, just ridiculous. I felt horrified. I felt aghast. I said, young lady, I want to do something for you. I will buy that T-shirt off of you. In fact, I will double it. I will open up the coffers of the RBP Merch LLC bank account. And I sent her a check for $500. And she, in turn, uh, sent me the uh, the T-shirt that Brian had the gall to charge $250 for. So now the Ron shirt is now safely in my possession. And uh, when I become champion, I, I guarantee everyone that this kind of chicanery will not uh, will not stand okay um see and this is where i think you know um your understanding of the marketplace and understanding um basic supply and demand i mean the fundamentals of modern day economics um it was, if you remember correctly, um, I was I was wearing my Ron shirts on the podcast, um, and I saw what they were. You know, I was selling. I started off at you know ten dollars. You know, I wasn't looking to make a lot of money, but when I saw what people were reselling them for on the secondary markets, the Ebay's, the Wishes, um, the the Timus, Timus, yes. Um, it was outrageous. And I sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to charge less than what people are selling them for. And I'm going to donate all of that money to a good cause. Mm. Um, so so, so uh, a, a, most of the proceeds that I received from the sales of the podcast worn T-shirts, those went to a variety of charities in the um, New Jersey uh, Gold Coast area. So um, you would call yourself perhaps the George Santos of t-shirt uh, sales? No. Oh, God, you know, um, I would say that I am, uh, you know, just simply making sure that, you know, um, that the monies are going to a good cause. All right. Well, our eyes, as always, will be on you right now. That is, by the way, Ron, that is a fancy yeah. looking shirt I'd like to point out. I, and I have to, uh, I have to commend her on her choice of fabric softener. It, I, I don't know if it's lilac. Uh, it's very floral, but not overpowering. Uh, but oh, it's, she, it's a delight. She is. Um, her laundry always smells good. Excellent. Um, let's get into uh, locks of the week, shall we? Locks, Brian. Um, what can I say? Uh, again, you, you looked at Atlanta versus Carolina, Carolina, sure. uh, who had about 200 people attending the game today. Tickets were as low as 45 cents on resale, uh, website. Uh, you Atlanta was coming in, was a road favorite minus two and a half. You said, this is a classic trap game. Give me Carolina plus the points. You didn't need them. Carolina one nine to seven, and then you looked at that KC Chiefs against the uh, against the New England Patriots. The line was ten. You're like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with the line being ten. I'm going to tweak that line down to nine and a half. Sure enough, that was the right play. KC wins twenty-seven to seventeen, uh, upping your record to thirty and zero for the season. Again, you may be you may be a uh, a, uh, a a dishonest champion. You may be um, a philanderer as it comes to merchandise, but when it comes to picking NFL games, you are heads and tails above everyone out there. And God damn it, I respect you for it. 
Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, I sit there, I close the door, I put my Tibetan monk uh, chants on uh, Spotify, I, I peruse the games, I meditate on them, I, I think about which teams are, you know, uh, playing better under which planetary stars, um, and then I make my picks, and uh, I'm just... You know, I'm just happy that I'm keeping up with you, Ron, to be brutally honest. Um, I don't see this as an opportunity to, to, to be a braggart in any way. Um, I'm just happy that, you know, I'm sitting across this computer screen looking at a man who also went 2-0 this week. Ron, you saw the Packers laying three and a half over the Bucks. You said, listen, Tom Brady's not quarterbacking the Bucks, but he could be this week because the Bucks are going to win. They win by 14. Um, you also look at Tommy Cutlets playing in the Meadowlands. You said, listen, the Giants have had a nice run, but they're finally going up against a real opponent in the New Orleans Saints. Saints laying six over the Giants. You took New Orleans. They win by 18, 24 to six. You are now, my friend, 30 and oh, this year in NFL Locks of the Week. How do you do it? Um, you know, it was, uh, it w- this past week, a lot of ayahuasca. I mean, I just mm. was like, let me see what happens if I trip balls while I make my picks. As it turned out, it worked out well for me. Excellent. Right. Um, Who do you like this, uh, this upcoming weekend? Okay. This coming weekend, it's a holiday weekend, I believe. It is. Um, it is. I, I am loving the Packers minus five and a half over the Panthers. Carolina's terrible. Um, and I'm going Lions minus two and a half over Vikings. I like those picks as well. Who do you have, Ron, this coming week? Um, to your point, you know, I love Tommy Cutlets, but I feel his ability to uh, engineer some wins for the remainder of the season could be tough. Um, I like the Eagles minus seven and a half. And Buffalo looked uh, amazing today dismantling the Dallas Cowboys. I like them minus 10 against the L.A. Chargers. So lock those up. Get that cash before the year ends. That way you can all go out for a nice steak on New Year's Eve. Maybe a steak steak au pauv. Any any plans for uh, New Year's Eve? For you, my friend. Staying in, staying in. Yeah. Mm. I always say New Year's is, um, it's a night where they fleece you monetarily. Um, Really, it's the amateurs are out there. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, New Year's this year is on a Sunday, correct? Correct, yeah. New Year's Eve. I'm thinking staying in, making a nice meal with the lady, uh, maybe dining by uh, candlelight, and then trying to talk you into doing a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> we shall see. It remains to be seen. No, that's fine. Don't ask me. I'm uh, I'm not doing anything. Don't worry. Oh, I knew you weren't doing anything. We spoke about it yesterday. <laughs> I, we didn't speak to the listeners about it, Brian. But same thing. I uh, I have no desire. Maybe, maybe go out to dinner earlier in the evening, but I have no desire to uh, be up until midnight anymore. Nope. nope. Just you stay. You, do you stay up anymore or you go to sleep early? It depends. Um, I, you know, my wife typically asleep by 10 o'clock. Um, if there is something interesting to watch. I mean, I, I do like watching me some Anderson Cooper uh, and Andy Cohen on the New Year's Eve. Just something about Anderson Cooper's giggle that just fills me with this warmth that I just it just gets me through to the new year. Uh, but we'll see. I'm not 100% certain. Could go either way. Depends how much I drink early in the evening, really, is what it comes yeah, down yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I've noticed is that over the last couple of years, um, when I've tried to stay up for midnight, you end up inevitably watching, you know, um, ABC or NBC, CBS, where they're doing their um, uh, they're doing their New Year's Eve countdown shows and whatnot. And what I find has happened to a extent that I cannot um, stomach anymore is the entertainers that they have performing during these shows. I don't even know who three quarters of these people are anymore. No. So it, there was a time where we were, I was the demographic that they were aiming towards. And then it was obviously the people below me, the people beneath me, whatnot. Um, but it's just gotten to the point now where I don't even know who's performing. So I, yeah. just have, 
I think uh, so. The Dick Clark's New Year's New Year's Rockin' Eve still the one that I probably see the most performers that I have an idea who they are. Uh, but the mm-hmm. other channels, to your point, just make me feel old and realize how out of touch I am with modern music. And that's okay. Yeah, I get I'm it. Okay with that. Yeah. That's, a, that's an excellent question, uh, Billy. You, did you see the thumbs up that popped up on your screen momentarily there? Next to me, right? Yes. I Billy's think that might be an Instagram. With the thumbs up. Is that an Instagram thing? Because I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. We'll find out. We'll have to re- we'll do a little research. Um, so we, uh, as we do each and every week, we try and uh, come up with stories of the week, stories that we want to make sure um don't fall through the cracks that we make sure that we get to here on the podcast brian if you don't mind uh i'll do my story first this week if you're cool with that yeah i am all right go Um, for it so this this may shock people out there um there was a a study recently by a joint study by think tanks ippr and commonwealth um Surprisingly, they looked at 1,300 corporations to find out that many of them have been lying to you about inflation. Um, They looked at uh, pricing in 2022 and found that uh, profiteering was being enacted by a number of the world's biggest companies to force prices up significantly higher than costs during 2022. Uh, Inflation soared, obviously, last year, peaking near 11% in the European area and above 9% in the U.S. Um, However, when you looked at profits for companies in some of the world's largest economies, it rose by 30% between 2019 and 2022. Uh, In the UK, research found that 90% of profit increases occurred among just 11% of publicly listed firms. Uh, It was more prevalent in the US, where a third of publicly listed firms were responsible for most of the increase in profits. No surprise here, the biggest perpetrators were energy companies like Shell, ExxonMobil, and Chevron, uh, who enjoyed massive profits last year as demand moved away from Russian oil and gas. Uh, Food producers, including Kraft Heinz, uh, realized their own profit surges. The war in Ukraine uh, caused some uh, shortages in grain supplies and fertilizer prices. However, their increases were significantly higher uh, than the additional profits that they were able to make. Brian? You've talked about this. You are our, our inflation correspondent for the Ron and Brian sure. podcast. Um, you you called out the gas companies last year. Um, should anyone be surprised by the results of this study? Yes, I mean I think that these that these results are um, surprising, if not shocking, is that we have been um, the American people, um, regardless of gender, have been sold a lie by the right wing as to Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, excuse me, President Joe Biden's economic uh, policy, his uh, uh, failure to rein in inflation earlier this year. Um, and yet we as a society are um, not looking at these record profits that corporations are pulling in. Um, and uh, now we know exactly wh- where all this money is going. Um, does do, do these, you know, you've got, I saw, you know, the, one of the most um, angering statistics recently was um, Cigna, Cigna Healthcare, the insurance company, not only um, announced that they had um, uh, record profits, but that they were spending, I believe it was $2 billion in a stock buyback and dividend program. Meanwhile, they are profiting off the illness and medical treatments of um of citizens in this country and um we're just going to sit there and watch um corporations um i mean where do you even start with some of these names um who have had just fantastical years reporting record profits their stocks are soaring um and the american people you know the average american is the one suffering for this and not only are we paying for it through 
um, higher prices uh, in the in the marketplace. We're paying for it through uh, inflated interest rates because of sure. you know basically inflation that is not as big a problem as the companies mm -hmm. are making it seem to be. So the Fed just right. you know raises interest rates to ridiculous levels, um, and, and you end up paying more for car loans, uh, home loans, mm -hmm. things of that nature. I was talking with a coworker. You know, she was interested in, in getting a new car. She's had a car for two years, and I was like, "Well, what's your what's your interest rate?" She's like, "Oh, it's at like three and a half percent." I'm like, "Have you looked at what car interest rates are?" She's like, "She went up on lunch. Lois, I can get a seven and a half percent." She's like, and the wow. car model is effectively $10,000 more than I would have paid for it two years ago. So it's just, it's insane. Sure. Um, Brian, Oof, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your story this week? My story goes up north of the border to someone who I, um, I'm, I'm conflicted about. Okay. Um, Canadian crime is not something that we normally talk about, but I feel we need to talk about this one. Kenneth Law, do we have a photo? Kenneth Law, I'm not sure if we should be treating this man as a hero or as a buffoon. Kenneth Law, a former Canadian chef, is accused of cooking up, get the pun there from the New York Post, cooking nice. up a sick money-making scheme in which he sold more than 1,200 suicide kits packed with poison that have been tied to over 100 deaths around the world. Kenneth Law, 58, was charged this week with 14 counts of second-degree murder for helping more than a dozen young people, including teenagers in the province of Ontario, kill themselves. Law mailed 160 packages of sodium nitrate, a food preservative that can be deadly if misused, to people in Canada ranging in age from 16 to 36. Police believe he mailed out over 1,200 of these parcels into more than 40 countries since 2020. Ron, you know for a fact that that is my um, uh, exit strategy, if you would, when it comes to this mortal coil. Um, I'd like to know that, that, that I will be able to purchase some type of product when it's, and when I feel it is my last day, I will take that product, go to sleep, and not wake up. Um, what I'm concerned by is what seems to be this guy's hit ratio. So he mails out 1,200 packets, and police think that less than 100 of them were effective. Um, that leads me to believe that maybe his product is not as efficient um, as uh, he would like him to be. And I would hate to think that when it's my time to go, that I'm going to have to buy sodium nitrate off the Internet, and uh, he's going to send me some bum packaging. Yeah, you would hope for, I mean, that is, that's what, about an 8% success rate? You would think you would, want, you would want something a little bit more, um, a little bit more secure. Yeah, I don't think I'm asking for too much. Um, no, I agree with you. So at what age do you think you're going to want to check out? I have no idea. Um, I would like to, you know, I have this idea in my mind of sometime in the seven in my 70s, um, but somehow I feel like in my seventies are, are still going to be some pretty chill years. Um, so now I'm leaning towards maybe early eighties. I mean, well, let me ask you this. What, what condition do you feel you would need to be in? I guess it's less an age thing and more a quality of life. Quality like, of life. It's, yeah. it's, it's quality of life. Um, you know, I, uh, the line in the sand that a lot of people use is when they, they can't clean up after themselves and they need somebody else to do that. Um, I kind of understand that. Yeah, no, I mean, not gonna lie. I think our our thought process towards uh, medically assisted suicide um, needs to change. You know, I think we see yeah. changes that make sense in uh, in Europe and and overseas, where you know people who have really nothing to live for, whether they're racked by disease or uh, sure. you know long term disabilities, and why why hang out just because you know society yeah. says you should you should be here for a while and medically induced um suicides is something that is going to be on my platform for my next year in 2024 for the championship we will have medically induced suicides um medically induced is that the word 
Medically assisted suicide. Medically assisted. We're gonna we're bringing back medically assisted. Kevorkian was right, and if I'm your champion next year, which I know I will be, I'll hold this belt up high, and we'll we'll help some some people with no quality of life and this stuff. Uh, good question from Billy. Uh, when you get into your 70s and 80s, how much LTNC stock will you feel that you'll still own at that point of your life? Millions of shares. I mean, I'm still, uh, you know, every time that I get any, any kind of dividend from any of the stocks that are currently residing in my portfolio, I take those dividends and I buy a couple hundred thousand shares of LTNC. Just makes sense. It's just smart investing right there. Just, it's just the right thing to do. Um, following up on a story from last week, we had gone down to Texas, uh, where a woman, Kate Cox had asked for an exemption, uh, to the, uh, the law banning abortion in the state of Texas, uh, because, uh, her fetus had been diagnosed with a rare, uh, disease that, uh, the child would be stillborn or die within hours or days after birth. Um, a lower court had granted an exception. Um, The Supreme Court overturned that order um, hours after her doctor said she was leaving the state for the procedure. So we kind of talked about this a bit last week. This was before the Supreme Court, um, you know, gave their ruling. But we we talked about, you know, how the the life of the mother seems to be the least concern uh, for the state of Texas. Um, that the state of Texas is just all about the fetus and the fetus that the rights have. However, uh, a story did uh, start circulating again this week after the Texas Supreme Court ruling came down because there is apparently exceptions uh, that Texas says that a fetus is a child, except in a case where a parent sues a negligent doctor or a state official. Uh, This is going back to August of this year. Uh, Prison guard Salia Issa was seven months pregnant when she reported to work uh, on a mid-November evening in 2021 at the Middleton Transfer Facility in Abilene, Texas. Uh, She had just started her night shift when she felt intense contraction-like pains. Uh, She needed to get to a hospital right away, but consistent with prison policy, supervising officers wouldn't let her leave her post for hours until someone came to replace her. Uh, By the time that Issa was allowed to drive herself to the emergency room, her baby had died. Doctors believe that had she made it sooner, the child would have been born alive. Issa and her husband sued the Texas Department of Criminal Justice and three senior officers there for violating their rights. Um, The Texas Prison Agency is represented by the state attorney general, Ken Paxton, who uh, we all know because he's been in the news for just being a a tremendous piece of crap. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, as Paxton explained the situation earlier this year, Issa may have suffered an injury, but it was to her body. Uh, the injury is limited to her uterus. Um, at this point, he argued that the uh, it should be not considered uh, an, an individual in this case, um, capping the damages to a maximum of $250,000. So again, I think the, the hypocrisy just always, always just jumping out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's just... It's upsetting. There's no way to, to describe it in any other uh, uh, way. Um, you know, it, it feels like in so many ways we've made so much progress um, in this country as human beings as in terms of how we treat each other. And then it feels um, it's so sad and depressing when um, we take steps backwards. Right. And, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the far right uh, views towards abortion and women's reproductive rights and women's health care in general is um, wildly um, out of touch with what I think modern society is. Yet, um, because of the way that our government is set up, um, we have the ability um, to um, have to sit quietly while a minority is um, is, is is forcing their agenda into the lives of uh, uh, the many. Now, another state that uh, always battles with Texas for being amongst the worst in the U.S., going to Florida, 
The Republican Party of Florida suspended Chairman Christian Ziegler and demanded his resignation during an emergency meeting, adding to calls by Governor Ron DeSantis and other top officials for him to step down as police investigate a rape accusation against him. Brian, you have been covering this story since it broke. You've got a great handle on it. Um, Give us some information as to what's going on here. Okay, so we're all talking, everyone's talking about Christian Ziegler. He is the chairman of the uh, Republican Party in the state, in the great, I want to say the great state of Florida, but we know that that is not the case. Anyway, um, a woman has stepped forward and filed with a police report um, who they they are currently investigating, the police that is, they are a rape accusation against him. Um, normally, we would sit there and say, wait a second, a Republican politician charged with rape? Unheard of. That's crazy. That can't happen. Um, apparently, Ziegler is accused of raping a woman with whom he and his wife, who is the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, if you remember, Ron, they are the um, grassroots organization that is pushing a far right wing agenda onto school boards throughout America. Um, They were having a consensual um, uh, uh, sexual relations with this woman, Ziegler and his wife. Apparently, they had made plans for the three of them to meet up. Uh, Ziegler's wife backed out at the last minute, saying that she was not feeling well. Um, The woman assumed that uh, this meant that their uh, mutual date was off. Ziegler apparently showed up to the woman's apartment without his wife. The woman said that she was not interested in a sexual uh, uh, encounter with Ziegler, uh, at which point, according to the police report, he forced himself upon her. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Republicans in the, uh, the Republican Party in Florida uh, immediately have stepped forward and called for his resignation. He apparently tried to defend himself, but um, I'm not sure how he can get away with um, any uh, defense in this uh, case. Um, and there are calls for him to step down right now. It's Again, it's almost like they feel they have a right to control women's bodies. That they do. That they yeah. do, Ron. And, um, and it's sad. It is. It's very sad. Uh, Another kind of creepy story coming out of San Francisco, uh, where the co-founder of a tech company is accused of forcing his former assistant to sign a, quote, slave contract, subjecting her to years of unwanted sexual horror. Uh, The person accused is Trade Shift co-founder Christian Lang. Uh, He allegedly forced his ex-employee to sign the contract just months after hiring her as his executive assistant. Uh, The woman, identified in court documents only as Jane Doe, claims Lang then raped and abused her for years. Uh, Lang's torture involved, quote, inflicting physical pain on her by various means, urinating on her, and routinely penetrating her with foreign objects. Uh, The shocking allegations came to light after the disgraced executive was fired as CEO earlier this year for gross misconduct on multiple grounds after management learned about serious allegations of sexual assault and harassment against him. Uh, The accuser claimed she was fired in 2020 when she complained to HR about the nine-page slave contract, which she insisted that she was forced into signing. Doe had agreed to, quote, always be sexually available for her master when he needs sex and to never refuse him sex, even when not wearing the collar, according to a supposed copy of the contract filed with the lawsuit. Gross. Literally, in every step of, uh, there's no way to describe this in any other way than saying um, this is a gross abuse of power, if true. Um, And uh, uh, somebody like this who's going to um, uh, uh, hire an employee and then force them to a sexual relationship with them, uh, I would say deserves, uh, uh, you know, uh, torture. Um, However, in our uh, current legal world, I'm going to say the closest we're going to get is um, uh, uh, he should spend the rest of his life in prison. Now, his defense is that they were dating prior to uh, her being hired um, and that uh, 
you know, they, they were in a consensual uh, sexual relationship. Um, so we will see how this plays out. We will keep an eye on it moving forward. Uh, Brian, you had some additional comments you wanted to make about this story as far as it pertains to uh, some of your prior contracts here at the Ron and Brian podcast. You know, I was going to point out some of the contracts that you made me sign when you originally became champion of the podcast. Um, and uh, instead, I'm going to save that for February 4th when we have our um, championship debate um, where uh, that will be uh, it's going to be a special episode. Um, we have already contacted, um, uh, uh, I would say, a, um, a a purely objective third party who will be moderating the episode. Um, they are going to hold you accountable for all the lies um, that you uh, will be telling. Um, I already have a, um, a crack team of um, people who are going to be fact-checking you while you are um, on stage lying um, so that we can um, so we can point out your lies in real time, Ron. Now, what, what's interesting to me is you, you are referring to our moderator as, as impartial, and yet, uh, well, we were in the same room together this weekend, um, hammering out some of the finer points of the debate. Um, you accused her preemptively um, that she would be biased towards me in this debate. Um, I almost feel like that is your, your weakness showing through and that you already have to set up a defense um, after all of the major media outlets declare me the winner of the debate. Ron, I understand, um, you know, uh, that you're going to, to try to use whatever means you can to gain victory. Um, but I also know that, um, that this is going to have to be a fair election. This is going to be a fair fight. Um, and I will, not, I will not allow any chicanery, as, as I like to say, um, so when it comes out that um, you have been vacationing with the moderator um, at various times throughout the past few years, um, I'm going to call out injustice where I see it. I believe you have been vacationing with the moderator as well. Um, I believe I've vacationed once with them, and I believe you have vacationed with them multiple times. Well, we shall we shall see. Uh, February 4th, uh, things will be very telling. Very, very telling indeed. Uh, Brian, next up, a Turkish lawmaker who declared that Israel, quote, will suffer the wrath of Allah, went into cardiac arrest and collapsed on the floor of Parliament Tuesday, mere moments after delivering his harsh critique of his country's response to the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, footage showed Hassan Bitmez, age 53, standing behind the podium before suddenly falling to the ground while addressing the Grand Assembly of the Turkish National Assembly. Uh, Bitmez says, quote, you will not escape the wrath of Alal. Um, his heart reportedly stopped, uh, was later restarted. However, he would then later suffer another heart attack, uh, which would then kill him. That's a shame. It's it, it feels like irony. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, you're 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 it, free to make whatever comments you are, but when you talk about wrath of God, wrath of Allah, uh, of Allah, and then you're struck dead, feels like uh, you kind of had it coming to you. Not yeah, and 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 maybe um, maybe Allah is not really taking care of him. You know, or do you um, think maybe that's how powerful Israel is? That you, even ooh. if you make a comment against Israel, um, they have the ability to do something like this. Do you think the Israelis killed him? I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying, you know, I would like to know where Hillary uh, and Netanyahu were that evening. Ooh, that's going to be rough. That is definitely going to be rough. Now, I know you don't uh, normally watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, did you watch? I sent you no. the clip of the uh, the Colin not Jones, the, yeah. Michael Che joke swap, which they do at the end of every uh, uh, season. Um, che had to tell a, a, a funny joke that Joe wrote for him is that, you know, talking about the, the heightened uh, tensions between, you know, Palestine and Israel and Jews and, and, and Palestinians. And he said, but I think the one thing we can all agree is, they all need to find Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting show. A little inappropriate. A little inappropriate. 
excuse me, Allie corrects me. Uh, holiday show, not the end of the season, but before the holiday break, if you will. Kudos, Allie. Kudos. Thank you for calling Ron out on his Which bullshit. We will be, just so everyone's aware, we will be taking a holiday break um, yeah. next weekend. We will uh, we will have uh, potentially a best of uh, playing in place. That depends on you know how much detox uh, we can put Matt through in the coming week. If he can yeah. get some uh, some a clip show together, if you will. Um, but uh, we're going to take a little breather so that we can spend the holidays uh, with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones. Uh, and then we'll be back at some point prior to the new year. Um, one thing that will happen in the coming week is we will be opening up entries for the 2024 Ron and Brian Death Pool. Keep an eye out for all of our social media channels. Um, we will be sending out uh, the link uh, sometime tomorrow. And uh, we will obviously be, uh, we're just what we're two weeks away from the end of the year. William Esquire has had a stranglehold on the number one position um, heading yeah. into uh, heading into the, the home stretch. Um, can anybody catch him, Brian, is the question. What are your thoughts on this? It's not looking likely. I mean, I look at some of the past champions. I look at the Andrew H's. I, you know, um, do they have this last minute comeback in them? I'm not sure this year. Um, how are you doing? Speaking of which, how are you doing um, in the death pool? You know, I, I mean, I, I can say that I have not, uh, I have not scored a point as of yet, and I'm okay with that. Um, are you? I am okay with that. Uh, it's you know, it's a contest for the fans, of the fans, and by the fans. Um, so if I don't score any points, I'm okay with that. I, I've done well enough in previous years that I'm willing to let uh, someone like yourself um, have their moment in the sun. Wow. Okay. Thank you very much. That's very generous of you. Uh, another political scandal this week, Brian, uh, a Senate staffer who is now uh, an ex-Senate staffer uh, had an alleged sex tape. Um, he was uh, apparently caught filming this uh, alleged ex escapade in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room. Um, mm -hmm. This is Jonathan Turley, I believe. Um, we have a quick clip of the video right here. You're not, you're not uh, playing it. You're not going to be playing that, Ron. What on earth are you playing? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's going on there. It's, it's you're all You're not sure out. what's going on? <laughs> so it's clearly a short clip of sex, and it would appear to be um, the Senate Judiciary Committee room. Um, Brian, you, uh, again, you have followed this story very closely over the past year. Um, this person was a uh, former legislative aide for retiring Maryland Senator Ben Cardin. Uh, now, apparently, he might face charges over the X-rated conduct. Um, yeah, I mean, inappropriate or not, Brian, is, is, is the Senate, is this not the space of the people? Are the people not allowed to use that space as they so see uh, no, reasonable. it's the Senate Judiciary hearing room. You're not allowed to have sex in that room. You're not allowed to just show up. You can't certainly show up there with Mrs. Ron and say, hey, listen, let's uh, we're going to bang in this room. Give us a couple minutes. Um, yeah, I can't believe we haven't been booted off YouTube right now. <laughs> well, let's see here. Let me check. Everything's still running smoothly. Uh, let's see. Is the Instagram still doing uh, still up? So apparently uh, everyone's kind of lowered their standards and they're willing to keep Jesus us. Uh... <laughs> I'm literally sweating right now. What Why are you sweating? You? This is, if that is something that we don't show sex do. tapes, we don't show sex tapes on the show, Ron. We if, are. Um, yeah. Defend yourself. Defend yourself. You if anybody can go on Twitter. If someone, if someone watching this stream on Twitter could literally click on another link in Twitter and watch the same video. What is the issue, Brian? Because Twitter is is the Wild West. It is um, a world of, um, uh, of I, if you want to call it free speech, I certainly wouldn't. Um, but it's it's not a place where, it's not a family show. Um, this is a family show, Ron. There are children watching. 
All right. Well, hopefully next year we have a champion uh, that doesn't cower in fear when the tough things come across our agenda. Um, one thing that is next on our agenda before we wrap up is one of our more popular uh, segments, but the sure. drag queens are the problem. Uh, we keep continuing to find if there are drag queen stories uh, of drag queens uh, harassing and molesting children. Uh, and we have a few this week. I didn't get a chance to check, but I'm sure Matt would not have put them in this list uh, if sure. drag queens were not involved. So let's right. see. No, this first one, Brian, it's a Mississippi teacher uh, who is accused of having sex with a student. Um, J James Donald Hawkins II um, apparently had made plans to go to Louisiana to elope um, he, uh, he apparently got arrested and then testified that he admitted to having sex with a 17 year old student at his home, uh, and in the parking lot of an ocean Springs, Walmart, a, a romantic story, even, even with that. Oh, um, that's he disgusting. Was, uh, Why on he, earth would anybody be doing that? I'm not sure. He is a high school physics teacher in the Ocean Springs School District. He was arrested on November 30th and charged with felony sexual battery. Um, according to Mr. Hawkins, he admitted that they had sex approximately one time a month, uh, including in at his house and in her car. Uh, bond was set at $150,000. Uh, after school officials found out about the accusations, uh, he was terminated from his position in the school district. Well, that's good. I think that's the right move. I think that's the right move. Do you agree? I, I think, you know, especially uh, if he admitted to it right off the bat, I think you have uh, no other choice but to uh, but to let him go. I kind of agree with you there. I mean, you could, you could argue at times innocent until proven guilty, but when he's basically testified, uh, yes, uh, that happened. Um, let's see here. I'm sure this next one has to be, uh, has to be a drag queen, Brian. And drag queen is, of course. Uh, no, it is. A, it's another teacher, Brian. Uh, it is a substitute teacher, Stephen Canciani, a 32 year old. Uh, he's been arrested for allegedly pulling down his pants and showing his naked buttocks and genitals to a class full of California sixth graders. Uh, he was arrested uh, last Tuesday after police were called to Anderson Middle School in Shasta County after complaints by students. Uh, Anderson Police Department said, quote, the vice principal said that two students came to her office and told her that they could see his bare buttocks and that his pants were partially down. Uh, a photo appeared online uh, appearing to show the teacher at his desk with part of his backside visible and his right hand tucked into a front uh, front pocket. Uh, pupils also reported seeing his genitals. Ugh. What on earth are you doing in school doing this? I have no idea. He uh, he surrendered peacefully Wednesday night, was booked into Shasta County Jail. Uh, he graduated, Brian, this is the kicker, he graduated in May from the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, an unaccredited what? institution in Redding, California, that trains its students on the supernatural and miracles such as faith healing. Not sure how that qualifies. whack job. So are, are you trying to say he's a whack job? Is, is, I'm just I'm just saying I'm not sure how that would have qualified him to be a uh, a substitute teacher. Well, I would agree. It doesn't with you. go what into his this? background otherwise. It, uh, California. I mean, it's that it's that coastal elite mentality, Brian. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. But uh, do we have another story? I'm sure there's a drag. We've got one there. final one. Let me uh, let me pull this up on my computer here because again, I have to imagine this one. Drag um, is, gotta be a drag. Uh, there's got to be a drag queen. And nope. Uh, this is a former Staten Island police officer. Um, he has been accused of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy and targeting two other youngsters he met during his time as an NYPD officer, according to a federal indictment unsealed Thursday. Uh, Christopher Terranova, age 34, allegedly contacted his underage victims via social media apps, including Snapchat, Quote, and his abuse went beyond online exploitation when he allegedly offered to give the teen a ride home and then sexually assaulted him. Now, 
I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say to this. The disturbing offenses allegedly began in February of 2022 and ended in May when Terranova was arrested on child pornography charges. Disgusting. Um, uh, the guy should spend uh, the rest of his life in prison. Well, if convicted, uh, Terranova could face between 15 years and a life sentence behind bars. But okay. Brian, as we always say, the drag queens are the problem. Well, according to the Republic, have you noticed the, Republic- the Republicans haven't been uh, really harping on this lately? It, it, it almost seems like their attack on drag queens and uh, and transgender uh, people have kind of backfired on them in, in every possible yeah. way, shape, and form. A little bit. I kind of agree with you on that. A little Go bit. figure. Uh, Brian, a little another bit, little bit, yes, a little bit. Another question for you before we uh, yeah. before we think about wrapping up here. What are you watching? Oh, what am I watching on HBO? I am wa- excuse me on Max. I'm watching a show called Murder in Boston: Roots, Rampage, and Reckoning. It's the story of Charles Stewart, a uh, white male married. Um, who uh, called 911 one night, I believe in 1989, uh, to report that his wife and he had been taken um, uh, hostage by a black male who then proceeded to shoot the wife in the um, uh, uh, back of the head and shot Mr. Stewart. Um, The city of Boston, which has a terrible um, history of racism, um, immediately surged um, on this story, um, started hunting uh, young black males, uh, then uh, uh, arresting them, harassing them, whatnot. Little comes out, Charles Stewart shot his wife. Um, so that is, I watched the first two episodes. I believe there's another one or another two, not really sure. But so far, very excellent show. Also on Netflix, I watched Headliners Only, Kevin Hart and Chris Rock, which is a... Um, it's about an hour and a half um, documentary on the um, uh, co-headlining shows that Chris Rock and Kevin Hart put on in the New York metropolitan area uh, sometime last year. They did shows in Jones Beach, Long Island. They did shows Madison Square Garden. They did the Prudential Center out in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and what I liked about it was that it was not a stand-up comedy special. So they were not... Right showing their jokes. It was um, a lot of interviews um, with Kevin Hart, with Chris Rock, and a lot of interviews with friends of theirs, what not, talking about their rise and their career um, that has gotten them to a point where they are um, headlining arenas. I found that very interesting. I watched that as well uh, this past week. It was it was different than I expected. To your point, I was kind of glad that it wasn't uh, a lot of stand up, but it was interesting to see their their relationship. It was interesting to hear um, how you know how how it has progressed from kings of comedy to to Chris Rock doing arena tours to Kevin Hart with where he is yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah, and and seeing how you know how they each generation of comedians acknowledges, you know, their success has been built on the backs of those that came before them. And I think there was one scene that was fascinating where um, Chris Rock had that poster board with all the cards on it that were parts of his act. And depending on how he felt that night, he would move the cards around. I mean, it was just like, it was an amazing look inside his brain. Cause I remember him uh, when he first, uh, when he first started doing stand up, and he was on, uh, I think he was on one of Ronnie Dangerfield's uh, young comedian specials. And mm-hmm. even back then he just, he had like that, that, that comedic mind that you had a feeling he was going to be huge. Um, and he right. was even bigger than that. I think. Anything else just you're watching? So I, didn't, I didn't watch a lot this week. Uh, my wife has been watching a, uh, any uh, crappy Hallmark Channel like Christmas movie that is on Netflix or Hulu or Max, um, and then awesome. obviously uh, since Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour movie is available via streaming, um, that is on twenty four seven in one of the rooms of our house, so that way she can just you know walk in at any point uh, and just be immersed in uh, in Taylor. Why is she watching that? Didn't she already see it in the movies? How many times have you seen Godfather, Brian? Quite a few. Got to admit, this quite is, a few. This is her. This is her Godfather. Okay. 
Listen, I, I don't judge, you know, I don't judge to each their yeah. own. You judge uh, a, little a, little a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Um, coming up in a little bit. Nice little segue right there. Uh, we will have our After Dark uh, exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner uh, about becoming a patron. And if you join at the bronze level or higher, that's right, just $10 a month or more, uh, you get to join us live Sunday nights at 9.30. Um, tonight, we are doing an early month pajama party normally we do that on the last sunday of the month where we invite all of our patreon subscribers to come on the show with us um since that will be new year's eve and uh we're not sure if we're pre-recording a show doing a show earlier in the day uh we wanted to uh make sure we got a pajama party out there for our people so Mm -hmm. again if you are not part of the patreon movement get on board get on the patreon go to ronandbrianpodcast.com you just you'll just feel better about yourself if you if if you move forward on this. And if you can't do that, go to cameo.com forward slash Ron Bryan Podcast 8939 uh, and get yourself a cameo. Uh, it can be Ron, it can be Brian, it can be both of us. Uh we can uh we can wish happy birthday. Uh we can uh we can help you propose to that special someone in your life. We can help you break up with that special someone Ooh. in your life. Uh whatever it is. We are willing to help you out with that. Just ten dollars uh, gets so you, cheap. Uh, I mean, a better listen. Uh, George Santos is charging five hundred dollars to pay for legal defense. We're charging you ten bucks, and that money goes right back into the podcast. So, you think about where your money is best spent. So amazing, so amazing, Ron. I think you're you're doing God's work um, with what you've with what you've accomplished so far. Um, and I think that it is, uh, it's about time that you, um, just accept that I'm the better champion. <laughs> well, uh, we have, uh, we have a couple more months to see how that goes. Uh, but Ron was, uh, Brian was down here visiting us. It was my wife's 50th Lovely birthday, uh, Lovely. yesterday. Uh, good time was had by all. Thanks to, uh, all the friends that were able to, to stop by. We had a little, uh, traditional slumber party. Uh, did my wife get drunk and fall asleep before nine 30? Sure. But listen, it was her party. Uh, she can celebrate however she damn well wanted to. Um, but, uh, I appreciate you and, uh, and your lovely lady coming down as well. Uh, you are an important part of my life and I wish you the happiest of holidays, um, as we come up on Christmas. Uh, listen, um, I, those words can't be said without me just putting up a shield and saying, no, 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 no. The pleasure was ours to be included in your wife's um, birthday celebration, to be thought of as being part of a group of people that she wants to surround herself on one of the most special days of her life. Um, that was the honor. The honor was ours. And it was my honor to cook for all of you. I felt like it was good food, good drink, good times. Oh, it was so, it was just, it was just a good time. All right. Well, let's I Brian, thank you what, again. Let's get ready for After Dark. Let's get ready for the pajama party. Uh, but before we wrap up again to our listeners out there, um, since we will not be on next week, for all of you that celebrate, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, sure. We'll be back before the year ends. Uh, don't forget to keep an eye out on our social media channels tomorrow for the opening of the Ron and Brian death pool of 2024. But be happy, uh, be safe, and enjoy the holidays. Brian, anything else before we wrap up tonight? None. I love it. I love all of you. Thank you for joining us, not just today, but all year long. Um, it's just a special time. All right. Be well, everybody. We'll catch you soon. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.